Guten Morgen, Leah Pika here. Today's guest is a digital analytics consultant case study of mine who's here to tell his data story for success. Stay tuned to find out who's hitting home runs on the Present Beyond Measure Show, episode 46. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure Show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. Hello. Welcome to the 46th episode of the Present Beyond Measure show, the only podcast at the intersection of presentation, data visualization, and analytics. This is the place to be if you're ready to make maximum impact and create credibility through thoughtfully presented insights. And today you are here either because you enjoy my silly banter in the beginning or you are ready to supercharge the impact you create when presenting your ideas and insights, or maybe a little bit of both. So today's episode is a little different. It's helping give birth to my biggest baby yet. No, not my oversized son. It is the relaunch of my data presentation plus storytelling bootcamp a comprehensive, immersive online course that is the course I wish existed when I started out presenting data as a digital marketer 15 years ago. Originally relaunched as a virtual web class, I got lots of feedback that as much as people wanted to join, they felt limited by the one-time schedule of the live class. So I decided that you having this valuable training at your fingertips, being able to learn at your convenience and at your speed was the solution I was looking for. So I've divvied up my flagship private workshop into four chunkable courses. They are packed with over 55 to 10 easy digestible video modules, tons of resources, printable checklists, exercises, all the bells and whistles I could possibly think of. It is super comprehensive, super practical, and it's based in the best practices of neuroscience and cinematic storytelling principles that I use in my professional career as a pro speaker every single day. You can buy the courses separately. However, I'm offering a very special bundle price for all of the courses together because I believe that this whole far outweighs the sum of its parts. And this is the lowest price that you're ever going to be able to get this bundle. So be one of the first to empower yourself with this training. And on top of just the training itself, I'm going to be able to offer enterprise pricing for group discounts, people with teams, and you're going to get community. So I'm creating a private Slack channel for all of the participants where we can share our work, ask questions, and I'll be holding personal office hours where you can ask me any question you need directly. And that is lifetime access. So if you want to keep your audience engaged and inspire action with your insights, visit leahpika.com slash bootcamp right now and be one of the first to sign up. Now in that theme, 
I am, as usual, very excited to bring on today's guest because he was one of my first students to take the live web class version of this online course. He had really insightful things to say about how he used this training to improve his client relationships and stabilize his retention. And he even gave me some fresh ideas for resources to add. So we had a total blast during our Facebook Live interview on my data storyteller page. And I can't wait to share his story with you now. Here we go. Hello and welcome to a very special live interview with someone who I have gotten to know a little bit in the last year. And I'm really, really excited to bring on into the uh, Data Storyteller page Facebook Live. <laughs> so um, as you might have seen, I have a very important announcement. I am going to be launching in 10 days an online course version of my private workshop and web class, the Data Storytelling and Presentation Bootcamp. And the reason why I wanted to bring on today's guest, his name is John Reinish, and he is an SEO and digital analytics consultant, and he helps uh, marketing agencies and various brands just do marketing a lot better. And I'll let him speak to that more. But I brought him on because he was actually one of my first class students. And he had some really, really interesting things to say about the decision to invest in a training uh, like this. And also, he had some really interesting findings about what happened after he invested that training. And I just thought it would be great to bring him on today and help him some answer some of the questions that you might have about investing in a training like this. And also, what just how do you just do uh, communicating data well to clients and how do you keep them coming back for more? So welcome, John. Thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Looking forward to this. <laughs> great. So first, you know, talk about what it is you do, the kinds of people you serve and what kinds of data do you work with and how do you present it? Yeah, sounds good. So I focus primarily on SEO and paid search. Um, I work for a B2B digital marketing agency um, called Beacon Digital Marketing. And I also have a consulting business with one of my good friends, Bronco, where we really focus on just search and analytics. Um, and our clients range across the board in all different industries. Um, and as far as data, yeah, we... Everything we do is really, we try to be really grounded in data and really make our decisions based on what we're seeing um, rather than just going based on like a templated strategy. Uh, we mm -hmm. really, really like to be really prescriptive and really use data to figure out the best way to maximize our campaigns that we're running. So um, that's really central to pretty much everything we do for both the agency and my consulting business. Oh, cool. Awesome. So um, how did you fall into this gig? Like, was it a, sort of immediately? Was it a winding path? I'm always curious about people's origin stories. Yeah, with marketing, everyone always has different uh, stories on how they got into <laughs> it. So it's always interesting. Yeah. For me, I was just working in retail um, in college and trying mm -hmm. to find something to do. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I stumbled on a couple of videos on YouTube, actually, on SEO. And ever since then, I just kind of got hooked on it and started working on my own websites then took a job for a, an agency locally. And then from there, really started to grow my own business and getting my own clients and really focus on that over the past year and a half. Um, and that's what I've been doing since then. Oh, nice. And as your career has sort of progressed and, you know, flowed, how did presenting information start to fit in into your role? 
Yeah, pretty early on. Um, when I started out working for the first agency, the first experience I had with Google Analytics and reporting was just sending screenshots of a dashboard we had in there to clients as our monthly reporting. Okay. At the time, that's all I really knew. And then that kind of led me to dig into and really start diving into analytics and reporting and um, data more from there and realize like where the big gap was and what, all the, how much more we really could be doing that we weren't. Um, and then from there, I really just started studying on my own, taking courses, oh, cool. um, really getting my hands on anything I could, and then starting implementing that for my own clients, anything I learned. I feel like that was key. It's good to acquire information, but the, the key is really to use it and make it actionable so you actually start mm. applying it to what you're doing. Um, and that really would help take me, I think, and, and help take my clients to a, another level from where we were when we started. Um, that's something I'm really big on is really starting to implement things right away and take action rather than just kind of collecting information um, and sitting on it. So that, that's been really big. Yeah. I can see that about you. I was amazed that, you know, you really seemed to grasp the concepts right away, but you also came back and showed that you were actively putting them into practice. And, you know, I'm a bit of a course junkie and personal growth <laughs> junkie myself. And I know that, you know, something really has to stand out to me as valuable in order to really put it into practice because habits are really hard to break. So for you, you know, what was kind of the motivation to put that right away? Is that that you kind of self-funded this learning journey for you as a consultant? You know, like what inspired you to take the step to invest in this? Yeah, I think the big thing was um, with, with on the consulting side, really trying to figure out how we can improve the relationship we have with clients. We had a, quite a few cases mm -hmm. where um, I felt like everything was going really well. They were getting results with SEO. We were getting leads from paid search. Um, we just weren't displaying that to the client in a way that they understood. <laughs> right. So everything seemed to be going perfect. And three months later, you get a notice that they're canceling. Um, and it's always the same story. They just didn't understand the value we were providing. So to me, um, perceived value is almost more important than results. It's if mm -hmm. you can display what you're doing um, and how it's actually helping and the impact it's having to a client, that's really going to help client retention and building that relationship that ultimately lasts. Because with my business, I'm really into having long-term relationships with my clients. Uh, yeah. I know some people go through clients quickly. They'll go for lower yeah. rates and they just almost that churn and burn style. But I really find <laughs> getting clients on, on better retainers and a better relationship that you can do long-term is, is really critical. Um, yeah. It's especially so you don't have to focus all your time on sales if that's not, not what you're into. Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can absolutely understand formulating a really rewarding, sustainable, long-term client relationship I see as a lot more valuable than sort of just a, a, a conveyor belt yeah. that, of ones that come in and don't work out and, and go out. So what do you think, why do you think that your clients initially were not seeing, were not perceiving the true value of the successes that you were clearly seeing, but somehow they were missing it? Yeah, I think part of it was in, in a lot of our reporting I used to put too much in there. So a lot of it was just having too much data in there. That to me <laughs> makes sense. But when a client sees that, they, they just see a bunch of numbers, charts. They don't know what any of it means. Right. So it was more, and a lot of it was more focused on what happened rather than like, here's what we could be doing or here's how we maximize what we're doing. Um, and that was a big shift after taking the course. Mm -hmm. It's really trying to focus on um, not just what happened, but why did it happen and what can we do to actually continue to get, see growth in different channels that we're working on and where are the opportunities and then ultimately, here's how we're going to act on it and who's going to actually do it as well. That's often a step I feel like gets missed and that we were missing. Um, even when we did have some insights, 
nothing actually ended up happening of it. It was just kind of mm-hmm. sat there and <laughs> went over the same thing or slightly different. And right. it's just that cycle that keeps repeating. So um, being able to actually start implementing some of our recommendations and have our clients buy into it as well mm-hmm. um, was a really big focus for us and something that I really wanted to see improve. And it's definitely um, been a big factor in seeing some growth with my own business. Oh, that's so fantastic to hear because after so many years as an analyst, I just know that you 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 put in the time, you put in the time to do the presentation. And I guess you get paid for that time. But for me, the real intrinsic value of the role that I was playing was actually creating that incremental lift of action within people. And it, it can feel so frustrating when you're like, guys, it's right in front of you. Yep. <laughs> How do you not get it? <laughs> but it's in a, a bucket of a hundred other numbers. I don't know why you don't see it, but um, what do you think um, in terms of the too much? So I'm so glad that you picked that up because that's a big focus of changing the habits that we have around what I call the kitchen sink presentation, where you take every number you have available in GA or whatever tool, <laughs> Adobe, and dropping them in there, hoping one of them sticks um, I, you had talked about earlier to me about a specific example of when you kind of had like a before and after process with one particular client. So I'd love for you to talk through in that particular scenario, what did, what did backing off of too much look like? How did you focus on what ultimately mattered? Yeah. So one of the things, um, specifically that I've been working on with a good friend of mine, Bronco on our consulting business is, we do like these three month sprints that we we sign clients on for where it's basically it's a it's a way for both of us and the client to try each other out and see how the relationship works. Mm-hmm. But also it's a way for us to prove what we can do and the value we bring. Um, so one of the big things is that really helped us sign on clients long term since then was doing a, a, a wrap up report where we really dig into here's all the tactics that we did. Here's exactly what we did. Here's what we saw. And then here's our recommendation plan over the next six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the exact details on how we're going to do it. That really, that report and really simplifying that, I think prior to taking this course, I probably would have threw every metric I had at them and then tried to figure <laughs> out just in case anything comes up to be prepared. But really, right. <laughs> one thing uh, that I really learned is really simplicity is key um, to make something really stick and for someone to understand it. Um, and that's really been key. We signed on lots of clients from these sprints where prior to that, we were having some trouble. Um, after we would do the three months, some clients weren't renewing. Um, so that was one, another reason why I really wanted to take this course to figure out how can we kind of almost use this as a sales tool even to actually yeah. get close clients and get them on a longer term month to month agreement where we can um, actually have more su- success and more con- contribute into their campaigns. Um, and that wrap up report really had a big impact on that. And I think I think the big reason was that we really focused that on what we can do next and how mm-hmm. we're going to continue to see growth. And a lot of it, when we actually made the report, it looks simple. There was just a few charts in some of these, but yeah. the impact was so much more than when, when I used to just put every number <laughs> I could on those just to, cause I always was thinking if they have a question, I want to make sure I have everything there. But mm-hmm. with a lot of it, if it's simple enough for them to understand the questions are more proactive and about things that we can actually do and what should we do next rather than like, what does this number mean? Or what does that mean? Um, I think that's been a big reason why we're getting some of these long-term clients now. Oh my gosh. I think I actually remember you commenting during the first session that you're like, oh my God, I've been putting way too much in here. (laughs) Yeah, we had to redo all of our data templates after that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, but I mean, 
you know, and you know what else is amazing about that? I, I love this whole story and about this wrap up report. I love especially that you're actually using it as a sales closing tool because there's no question the entire initial framework, which is taught in the first phase, is based on a persuasion model. It was based on a model that was designed to secure venture capital funding for startups. So I thought, well, what better kind of spirit to apply? Because we are selling our insights, even if we're not closing clients, we are trying to sell essentially and sell our own intrinsic value too, right? But um, yeah, I, I love that because also... <laughs> If the less that you have in there, the less that you have to explain if they don't get it right. That's <laughs> so true, true. It has a it has a side benefit there. Yeah, and with that, a lot of times um, I would think clients would think I'm, we're not really putting in time on the report if it had less, but it actually takes almost more insight and more time to actually really craft something that that kind of tells a story and just has what they need to see rather than just yes. throwing everything on there, which looks like you did a lot, but really you're just throwing numbers on a page and you're not really no one's really getting anything out of it. So that's been a, a big shift for me. I'm really focusing in on that. That's fantastic. And you're so right. It is so much harder to pull together a single focused presentation that really ties to one major idea than just the laundry list. <laughs> but what I really appreciate is that you weren't afraid to go head on into that process because sometimes I experience resistance like, oh, I don't need this to be harder. I want this to be easier, you know, and obviously through productivity tools and time savers, I try to incorporate ways of making things easier. But what, what doing this well, like you said, really requires is a commitment to understanding that it might be harder in the beginning. And yeah. And I think, um, <laughs> With that, yeah, the initial work on like revamping reports, templates, and things like that, um, that definitely takes time and resource. It's also good practice to actually start applying some of this stuff right away when you start revamping some of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and the checklist, there's one of the things I really like about the course is it has, there's a lot of checklists um, yeah. that actually let you pretty much go step by step on how to improve your reporting process and things uh, like that. So that's been really big because not only can I use that, I can give that to team members. So we're all on the same page and we're all following the same process, which if you run an agency or a consulting business, you really know process is everything. It's, yeah. it's not really a matter sometimes what you do. If you're trying to scale, you really have to have a process in place that really anyone can follow. And so it's repeatable. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that um, you're going to get out of this really is getting actual checklists that you can use right away and actually start to implement it rather than just a bunch of theory. And um, which is good. You need that. But to actually be able yeah. to implement it and run with it, I think has been big. Oh my gosh, I appreciate you saying that so much because the entire goal of this training was to combine that inspirational light a fire under you theoretical stuff, but also be like, well, what the hell do I actually do now? Like, <laughs> I'm going to sit down. What do I do? And I appreciate that so much, especially sharing that so that you can have a consistent process and workflow, because that will also mean that your clients can come to expect something consistent and they can begin to rely on being able to extract that value from your company's reporting, you know, as a whole. So, so great. If you had one checklist that was missing and you could like wave a magic wand, what would be like your dream checklist now? That's a good question. I think um, 
I'll start with the one, the one I really like, the chart detox. Um, I yeah. think that, that <laughs> has been uh, really big, really just simplifying charts and really making them more impactful at just a chart level, not outside of the report. That's mm-hmm. been big. Um, so anything with that, I feel like that's also been great for new team members who we have working on reports that may mm-hmm. not be as familiar um, with some of the things that you go over there. So because a lot of times I see what even I was doing this too, building out charts that they just don't look right. There's grid lines. There's just all sorts of confusion on them and really simplifying them has been um, really big for the reports and just clients. They notice that thing too. And they, when they see the whole visual presentation of the report as well, it makes it really a big impact. Um, so if there's anything else that can be built on that aspect, I think that's huge. Anything more detox. For, yeah. More, more detoxing. I think uh, anything uh, also with helping new employees or new team members who are just getting into reporting onboarding, um, okay. onboarding. Yeah. To get, almost like a standard operating procedure kind of thing where mm. we can actually implement this uh, across our agency or consulting side with different freelancers we work with, things like that. Um, just anything to get people on the same page. Uh, interesting. Well, in this, in the course, I'm expanding on a lot of the content because with the web class you took, I was confined to only four hours. And with the course, I'm putting as much as I want in there because everything's being taken at your own leisure. So one of the things I, you know, was considering was um, expanding out like chart detoxes for different platforms. And this is giving me a pretty interesting idea about like, oh, the um, something called a presentation style guide where you capture all the fonts that you're using, how data should look, how accenting data should look, how numbers should be formatted. Everything is kind of like encapsulated in one piece. So kind of like a branding guideline, but taken to the next level to show how how data would be handled as well. So that could be something really interesting for you guys too. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So now that you started to use a lot of these principles, other than, you know, like live presentations, which is pretty much what this is mainly geared towards that environment. Have you found that this has helped spill over into other kinds of, you know, deliverables that you have to send out? Yeah. So I actually do a lot of on the SEO side, things like technical audits, um, mm, content okay. audits, where it's less focused on a report and more focused on digging into a website's history, what's going on, how can we improve it? And we actually, I have a presentation that I've been giving for that to clients after we complete it. I usually do it in a spreadsheet. And for a while, I was just sending the spreadsheet over. Um, Mm -hmm. And that obviously is really technical. Clients never really understand anything in there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I applied a lot of the principles into the reporting aspect into actually delivering a a presentation on a technical audit. So now when I go through with a client, I actually have a deck that we go through. Um, We're not really even looking at the spreadsheet at all. If they want the data, it's there. But yeah. it's much much more digestible, and clients are really understanding it. Um, even if they're not oh. familiar with SEO, a lot of the clients I work with um, at the agency, Beacon Digital Marketing, are B two B like software companies and different companies like that, and they have marketing teams that we're presenting to. So they typically don't have someone who's too familiar with SEO. So sending a, a spreadsheet with all these technical things in it really just doesn't do anything. It just sits there, and none of these changes are made. Mm-hmm. But giving the presentation. And applying a lot of the data storytelling aspect of it into a technical SEO audit really, um, I feel like, helps separate the audits that we're doing from a lot of other companies out there. Um, And really, it's the impact of it now. Every time we do them, clients have really positive stuff to say to our client success team. Um, They understand it. And we're actually 
either they'll they'll sign us on to make the changes and implement them or they'll actually get their developing team to do them so that's been um, another big thing that I think I didn't I didn't realize I'd be able to use the course for but it actually spills over <laughs> into there's almost every deliverable you do for a client that you're presenting you could really apply a lot of this stuff to Oh, yay. I I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of, you know, because there are a lot of very um, fundamental design principles included in there that anyone who has to create a Word document, I feel, should be empowered with some of that stuff. So it didn't even really occur to me that it could influence so many other, you know, outputs like that. That's really great to hear. So now I want to talk about some of the challenges some of my students experience cultural blockages to implementing some of these new practices because the clients might say, well, I don't like, I don't like this. I don't like something about this, but they also don't like change. So just curious to hear what your experience was in implementing the changes from the receiver side. Yeah, I feel like that that's the big thing. Clients a lot of times don't like change. They're they <laughs> used to something. And some even clients just request a bunch of metrics that don't really mean anything a lot of times as well. But yeah. uh, so there was a, obviously a little resistance at first going to a new reporting format. But what I really liked is that quickly went away once we actually dug into it and really focused on kind of outcomes rather than just mm-hmm. historical data, what happened. Um, I, almost across the board, there was complete buy-in to it, which was great. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> and we're not getting as many requests, too, to send random metrics over, which uh, is always good as oh. well. Um, so it's more like they see the report. They don't need to see anymore. They understand what our recommendations are. And then we just keep moving forward and keep it really um, collaborative and constructive rather than just getting hung up on certain numbers in a report. Um, the other thing, too, is really we've been focusing on not just painting the picture that everything's always going well, but really digging into when things aren't going well, what's our plan to mm-hmm. actually improve. And here's what we're recommending rather than trying to hide that or manipulate not manipulate, but make things look a certain way. Um, it's actually when you dig into what's going wrong and clients see that you're really actively trying to fix it or trying to improve. That's another thing that really helps retention and getting building that trust with the client that you really are, are looking to help grow their business. Um, that's been really big for, Every time we do a report, if we see something's not working, we'll call it out and we'll have a list of recommendations on here. How, here's how we can actually start to improve or here's how we can maybe we do a different channel. There could be a number of recommendations, but it all kind of lines up with the big picture of what we're trying to show um, to clients that really we're bringing a lot of value to them. Even if things aren't going well, we're going to fix it right. and we're going to be there to help keep moving them forward. So, um, yeah, so that's been huge. Okay. I love what you just said there, <laughs> which was you know, even if things are not going well, you're still proving your value. That I think is so huge because I think in a lot of ways, we kind of show up to these readouts maybe once a month, once a week, and we just kind of regurgitate a number of numbers and it's either good news or bad news or meh. And that's the whole of the experience. But instead of trying to sugarcoat bad news, which, you know, I don't believe in, <laughs> um, you know, or run away from it, it covered up. It, it, it's about like taking it head on and be like, yeah, this happened, but you know, we have a job tomorrow and we are your partner and we want to dig in. And what I'm hoping is that this empowered you with a bit of more confidence to say, like, we know what we're doing in this arena. We are your partner and we're ready to help you dive in and move this forward, move this around. Yeah, and that's really what's going to help you stand out because most agencies, consultants, and I was guilty of this for a while too, is always wanting to show things going up in the right direction, everything's right. going well. But 
you build so much yeah. more trust and a better relationship with the client when you're the one to actually tell them things that aren't going well and things that you see that can be improved, even if it's something that you did. It also helps with getting more of a culture around testing and trying things out because yes. it doesn't have to be like everything you do is a success where you really don't know sometimes until you try something. So a lot of times you can get data and feedback on maybe we need to adjust something or maybe we don't do that tactic anymore and we try something else. So being able to display that to clients um, and not run away from it has been really big, I think, and a big reason why we're really retaining our clients, um, which was our ultimate goal going into this. That's got to be such a fresh air for clients because you're right. A lot of it is, no, let's just make this look as good as possible. And, you know, I think what you said, retention in the midst of things not going that well, that I think is really a hallmark of how you're really projecting your value. Because I know there are clients that will bail the first minute that things seem to go bad and maybe promises were made or and whatnot. But I think that is just so fantastic because like apparent supposedly like in the Russian culture, trust is built on total radical honesty, like brutal honesty. And I think that, you know, we're a different culture. Still, our radar goes up when we feel like we're not getting the whole story. I think that client, any kind of stakeholder can be intuitive enough to pick up on that. So transparency is key. Yeah. And I think one thing to add to that, too, that I noticed a lot of um, for the B2B clients I work with, typically I'm presenting to marketing teams, directors of marketing, and they're going to present mm -hmm. to their executive team. Um, mm -hmm. So one of the big things when I started shifting and really adjusting our reporting is they're actually using it almost directly to present to their <laughs> and executive team where yeah, prior to that, they would maybe take bits and pieces of it right. and make their own report. So that's the other thing. We're making their lives easier. We're making kind of showing their value as well. Because ultimately with those types of clients, we're there to make them look good to their, to, to their management. So that's been big where they could actually take it. They understand it. So they could actually, they don't need us there to go over it. And they're able to actually use it um, directly with whoever their leadership team is. So that's just another thing that I think uh, is another thing I didn't think about going into this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just so like wrapped up in, <laughs> wrapped up in your story. Um, amazing stuff. So Let's see, who are the kinds of practitioners that you would think could benefit from investing a training like this? Yeah, I think this has a lot of applications from people who are just solo consultants looking to grow that, people who own agencies or work for an agency. Reporting is a big part of really anything you do, whether you do SEO, paid search, social, whatever it is you do, you have to prove your value and right. show what you're doing to really contribute to a client's business. So. Um, really all aspects of consultant agencies. And even if you're on an internal team as well, I know I worked in-house for a software company for a little while. And one of the big things there that was different from an agency is constantly like presenting to kind of the senior leadership team um, and getting them to buy into what's been going on. Cause a lot of times mm -hmm. uh, executive teams, they don't really understand sometimes some of the tactics and some of the details of what we're doing. But so showing right. value to them is a little bit different and understanding that um, knowing your audience to a degree who you're actually presenting to is really important. So whether you're on an internal team or an agency, um, you're, you're going to get a lot of value out of it. Oh, thank you. So uh, thanks for mentioning that, because, of course, I didn't say it, but I, I do want to make it clear. This is not just for consultants or independent contractors. This is absolutely for anyone that presents data pretty much and catering to a digital audience. So I do, I appreciate so many, many of the angles that you're bringing up for this. So what do you think, what's your big, 
like pie in the sky goal as a digital practitioner in the next year or so for yourself? Yeah, um, I think for me right now, I really want to keep growing the consultant side of things. Um, that's been going really well. And I, I really want to explore that further. Um, and that's something I'm really focusing a lot of time on now, building that out, getting clients, keeping them and really building that aspect of it. Um, it's been something I'm really focusing on. Um, I really started that at the beginning of this year. So it's been pretty fresh um, since I'm focusing a lot of time there now. And mm -hmm. that's something I want to keep working on. I think for me, in terms of what I actually like to do the best, it's really focusing on analytics, um, digging through data and getting like those insights that really get someone to change and get someone to take action, I think mm -hmm. is something um, I really like exploring and really like doing. Um, and that's something I kind of want to keep investing my time into, whether that's with more courses, training, and just doing that for clients to get the experience, I think is, has been big. Cool. Well, that sounds awesome. And hopefully, you know, whatever I come out with for the rest of the year can help continue to support that mission. So now I, we've come to our last question. So I always ask this on my podcast, but I, I thought this would be cute to ask here too. So think very hard about this plausible scenario. You are walking along in a park and you suddenly trip and fall into a vortex that pulls you back to the moment you're about to give your first presentation. What does today you say to yesterday you? That is a great question. I think that what I would say, um, probably a lot of things I could say is just be confident in what you're saying um, and understand mm -hmm. that you know what you're doing. And ultimately, they're coming, people are looking to you to be an expert. So really be that and own that and understand that, um, even if someone's asking a question or if they're kind of digging into what you're doing, if you have a good answer and a good reason why you're doing it, um, that's ultimately what matters. People don't really care too much on what you're doing. A lot of times, if you know why you're doing it yeah. um, and, and what impact it's going to have, focus on that and, and everything else take care of itself from there. That's great advice. <laughs> I feel like I could publish a book from all the advice that I've gotten from people when I asked that question on this. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that actually. On the show. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, unfortunately, our time has run out, but I really have to thank you. You actually made me think about different angles of the value of this training and how to actually put it into practice um, in so many ways. And if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Probably the best place is you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's where I'm the most active. So if you shoot me a message, um, I'll get back to you guys. I build a lot of templates and different things in Google Sheets to help automate a lot oh. of like SEO processes and things like that. Um, so if you're interested in any of those, I, I, it's all for free. I don't know how to sell any of those. So just shoot me a message and I'll send them over. I was going to say, I don't know if you saw my Google Sheets detox <laughs> that I came out with. I was wondering if you had seen that and uh, I'll shoot it over to you. Yeah, actually, I have. I saw you put out a couple of articles too, uh, blogs. So, um, actually, use a lot of that too on uh, on cool. machine templates. <laughs> nice. Well, I want to thank you so much again for joining me. And super quick plug: the cart opens on the boot camp next Monday, the fifteenth. You can get on the wait list now at leapika.com/bootcamp. It is going to have it's a series, a bundle of courses that will probably have over forty different video modules, courses, checklists, um, and a private Slack community, so people can network and also ask questions to me directly. So um, any questions that you have, 
feel free to message them in the comments below. And John, thank you again for taking the rest of your Friday to join me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. So that was such a fun little departure from the the normal realm. You know, it's it is such a blessing to be able to talk to so many subject matter experts in this field and afford that knowledge to the community. But sometimes I forget to really take stock of the effect that that has on the community itself. And it was just so gratifying to hear how this one exceptional student put to use everything that he learned in this training. And it just really gave me so much vision of the possibility of it being so much bigger with this launch. So thanks so much for listening. All the links and you know everything we talked about and even a link to that Facebook Live and my page will be on the show notes page for this episode at leapika.com slash 046. I would love if you could leave me a comment or suggestions, any questions you might have about this training, because I always want to hear about the challenges you face when presenting information and what you'd be looking for from a training like this. It's going to be improved and added to and refined constantly over time. So that's all a product of spending the last five years of working with you, training with you, collaborating with you, and listening to what it is you need and want. And I'll leave you with today's bit of presentation inspiration by Brian Herbert. And that is... The capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is a skill. The willingness to learn is a choice. My take as someone driven by a continual thirst for personal and professional growth, I can attest that making the choice to learn is the most important investment that you can make for your career and for yourself. And I hope that today you've gotten just a little glimpse of how that investment can work for you too. That's it for today. Hop on over to leahpeka.com slash bootcamp to get all signed up for the training that you wish you had and you won't find anywhere else. And stay tuned because when school's back in session in September, I'm going to have an amazing streak of authors who have some incredible books to offer to the community in terms of data viz and distraction and attention. So I'm going to be having guests like Nir Eyal and our Alberto Cairo and many, many more. So stay tuned for that. And I'm wishing you an amazing August. Namaste and Namagoa.